That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God, it's a toad, son. It's a toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's going to be a bad day. What is going on, the One Cast fans? Welcome to Fishing Friday. Also, what is going to be episode 51. So uh, we had uh, we had some scheduling things come up. Uh, we had a guest lined up and they had to to pull out. So we were trying to figure out what to, to do for this week. And uh, y'all gave some great suggestions on, on the Facebook post. So we're going to talk about some stuff live and uh, we're going to use this for episode 51. So if you're if you're listening in uh, like you normally do on one of our uh, one of our audio platforms you may hear us answer some questions and stuff if you're watching you may hear us answer some questions that's for our uh, live viewers so uh, we try to go live every friday 7 p.m eastern on uh, all over the place facebook uh, youtube trying to figure out instagram uh, since that's an option now so appreciate everybody being here make sure you head over to onecastfishing.com use the code the one cast to check out save some money get some snagless jigs long neck hooks and uh Soft plastics, the Neds, uh, you're at probably out of time unless you're listening live to get them before Christmas. If you are listening live, Ben can probably tell you for sure, but there's a good chance if you order this weekend, they'll get out Monday morning and, and you may get them before Christmas. So uh, if you need those last-minute gifts, remember onecastfishing.com. Use the code the OneCast. Uh, Carolina Waters also. Make sure you head to carolinawatersnc.com. Uh, also use the code the OneCast. Uh, they got some uh, some great gear over there. They're restocking, refitting, uh, getting ready for the upcoming season. So keep your eyes there for some new gear as well. Boys, what's happening? Ben, over to you. <laughs> yeah, so for the folks obviously watching live or or watching the, the, the video version later, I'm obviously sitting um, in the office right now. It's, it's production season. We got less than a month to show season starts, I think, that first – Martin Luther King weekend in January starts uh, the Raleigh Expo. So obviously I've been going uh, every day, long days, getting product made up uh, for the show. So that's why I am still here, not with you guys in the booth tonight, but definitely able to hop on it and talk about some winter fishing here in a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I did some winter fishing today and it was absolutely brutal. So there's some good lessons learned, but um Hopefully, uh, hopefully you get all stocked up. The show season runs really well, and uh, we have some really cool experiences in 2024. And, um, you know, this last year has been a heck of a journey for the show and, and for, the, for the tackle company. And uh, it wouldn't be possible without everybody either tuning in, listening to the show, purchasing products and stuff. And uh, one thing I want to mention is um, I'm not wearing one right now, but Ben has one on. So if you go to onecastfishing.com, there's our apparel for the show is located on the website. You just go up to the top right corner. It says the one cast. Click on that button. Check out the uh, the snapbacks and the uh, the shirts that we have. They're almost gone. So get them now so you can jam them down the stockings and tell everyone Santa Claus sent them. Um, and I appreciate the uh, help and, and showing some support to the show. So. I'm ready to dive into it though, man. Yeah, so we are up on uh, Instagram on our the one cast page as well. It looks like uh, those don't come through the comments there, so I have it pulled up on my phone. So if anybody's watching over there, welcome. Appreciate you uh, jumping on to Instagram. I don't I don't know how uh, it's going to work. It's our first one doing it over there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's exciting, but also exciting. The youngest ever qualify for the Bassmaster Classic. What, 17 years old? Right? 17 years old, yep. 17. Qualified through the Bassmaster Team Championship down there in Florida on the Harris chain uh, a couple weeks ago. What was the you – know, do you remember his name? Uh, last name is Javorski. Um, Aaron, I think. Aaron, 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 Aaron Javorski. Yeah, so him and his dad won that and then had to have a one-day fish-off. So the old man and the son had to face off against each other for a one-day winner of that wins the birth to the Classic. <laughs> and, the, and the young gun took out the old man. So what, what, wait a minute. Punched his ticket. What do you What do you think that conversation was like at nighttime? It was like, Dad, let me win <laughs> so I can go I, to the I, class. You know, I thought about that. I know we, we talked about it the other day, and I was like, I don't know if that dad tried, but like now that I think about it, like if it was down to me and my old man, like knowing he, the years he doesn't have left, I'm probably going to back the pedal off a little bit. But that's yeah. me. Like some people are, are more competitive. They may not think that way. I'm still going to go out there and try, but yeah, I, I think they probably both fished hard and, and whoever made it, made it, you know, like either way, it's a proud moment for oh, the family. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you get to punch your ticket, whether you're the dad or, or the son there. And, 
and uh, go fish it is pretty awesome so um it's a cool way to get to the classic i think we've talked about it before but you know like obviously you can get through the classic through the elites you can get through the classic fishing um an entire division which is three tournaments uh bassmaster open series and if you win one of those and you fish the other two yep. you punch a ticket to the classic and then the team the team championship which is really neat format and like pete said you have a fish off so steve at the end of it um and the winner of that fish off goes to the classic to the classic yeah so it's a pretty cool deal yeah there you know that there's still ways for the, the everyday angler to get there so mm-hmm. um did you say nation too uh bass nation i didn't say bass it but yeah nation, bass nation, yep i think that's three spots don't they give the bass name is it two? Oh no that's the the uh invite to the elites now so yeah just um, winner. college guys college yep yeah, college is a path and there to the, to the high school no so the, the no. two high school winners do they get to compete no they do not no it's just uh it's just college i i'm i'm curious because I thought there was a, a like an 18 age limit for the elites and classics and stuff because of insurance reasons and stuff, which that can't be the case if they're going to let him go or maybe he turns 18 before before the classic. I just that just popped in my head. I remember reading somewhere, you know, there there was an age an age limit there um, because I know, you know, like at 17, I think it's 17, like BFLs and stuff. You have to have uh, somebody run the boat for you, kind of like in high school. Mm. like you're you have to have a, a boat captain so it'll be interesting to see if there's any <laughs> oh there we go pat uh i don't I'm, I'm gonna butcher your name pat um he said he turns 18 in january or february so that is an all point i appreciate you answering that bud it's like hey you can on instagram you so. can join the army at 17 but yeah you, ain't you can't fish in the classic <laughs> um other news uh mlf changed bpt again we're not gonna waste a bunch of time on that because it'll probably be different again next week um, the Eight, only thing 80, you say yesterday? 80, 65 and 50. That's the, the way that consistent is inconsistency. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> right. Yep. But, so, but we want to talk about some winter fishing. So we, we put up there, if you're not part of our community on Facebook, make sure you jump over there. It's the one cast community. If you search that, I think if you just type in the one cast, it'll pull it up, uh, request to join over there. Um, we put a, a thing out there saying, what, what do you all want us to talk about on Fishing Friday? And there were a bunch of different questions, lots of good stuff, but there was quite a few around winter fishing uh, and and baits and, and things like that. So we decided to talk a little bit about winter fishing. Uh, again, for those of you listening live, appreciate you being here. Uh, if, you, if you didn't have a chance and you're listening, this is episode 51. Episode 52 is a special guest. Uh, so make you've sure already, you've already leaked it too. make sure. Well, I, yeah. I mean, if you're in our <laughs> yeah. group, I leaked it. I'm not going to say it yeah. here. So make sure you join the group on Facebook and you can find out who that is. Uh, I will say he's in the bass fishing hall of fame. So yep. uh, if you have questions for a hall of famer, you know, head over to the Facebook group, find that, ask the questions. Uh, we'll pick a couple of those to, to ask him next week. But, um, so we decided to talk winter fishing. Trey went out today and got whooped. Whoa. Happens a lot. That's winter right. fishing is uh, ben can attest to it. I mean, anybody that's gone out in the winter can attest to it can be the greatest day you've ever had fishing just full of giants where you can spend eight hours and, and never get bit. Um, mm-hmm. It's just one of those things you, you, you know, it, it, it's weird. Like when they eat, they eat. And when they don't, they don't. Um, I know for me, and I know we're going to talk about baits, but uh, you get a lot of lookers. It seems like this time of year. Yes, you do. Yeah. Ben, were you going to say uh, something, bud? Yeah, I mean, this time of year, you know, it's miserable probably for the fish because it's cold and it's miserable for us as anglers uh, out there. Uh, you know, we're not fortunate enough to be down in Florida. And even those Florida cold fronts get kind of chilly down there, even though it's you know, when you're used to 70 and it's 50, it gets a little yeah. cold. But, um, you know, it's miserable for uh, it can be, you know, it, the worst things, your hands get cold and trying to reel and cast when your hands are cold. That's that's what I hate the most about winter fishing. But. It's one of those that when I go out, I never expect to catch a uh, large numbers of fish. But I, if I catch them, I expect to get some better quality. Is typically yeah, that's right. Kind of the way Steve, I'm looking for. Steve says he's gonna fish that Jordan tourney tourney tomorrow. Good luck, Steve. Uh, it's probably the worst conditions possible for Jordan Lake in the winter: cold, rising water, and extremely muddy. Yeah. Um, and I've never really figured out how to get them to eat when when those conditions present themselves but hopefully you can 
I know, was it the last one? One of last, these last couple you finished second in, so yeah. Uh, hopefully you can get out there and whack some. What's going on, Rodney? Yeah, last uh, week they dropped 34 pounds. Yeah, 34, <laughs> 34 pounds. 34 pounds for the win on you, Jordan. The one thing I think setting up tomorrow is you got that front coming in Sunday. That's right. So there's a chance that could that could get them working a little bit, get them a little bit hungry. And uh, hopefully for whoever uh, heads out there to Jordan Lake in North Carolina tomorrow and jumps in that tournament, hopefully they're chewing chewing halfway decent. So um, y'all talking winter fishing. I'm fishing my first ever tournament. It's a BFL as a co on Norman last weekend in February. Yeah, Jonathan, I, I'm, oh, man, I, what's going on, Chelsea? Um I don't have a lot to say about spotted bass in the winter. They they're kind of they like eat. smallmouth. Uh, everybody I know that fishes Norman and stuff a lot, they're like when the water hits fifty, uh, those fish push up shallow and get to chewing. So uh, I don't know what that's going to be. I'm not a, I'm not going to claim to be a spot. I don't fish for them very often, um, but it could be a heck of a time come you know February, you know especially when we get a little bit of warm. Uh, warm weather. Steve's going to fish that one too. Cool, uh, but winter so. <laughs> Winter, I I probably do more graphing and more just riding around in the winter than I actually do fishing. Um, so you know, I'll hit uh I'll hit a few areas. Uh, usually, you know, I'll throw on some rip wrap and stuff, but I I don't usually go out with the intent to do a bunch of fishing this time of year. Um, so we're we're gonna talk about our favorite baits in the winter, and I've had some great days on uh, on the water in the winter, but I want to talk electronics real quick, and and it's a great time to get to know them, um, and just I hear a lot of people this time of year complain and start thinking they're having issues because their returns aren't good and all, all of this. You've got to go in and you've got to change your frequencies. Um, you cannot run at these, these high frequencies that we run in warmer water uh, as the water gets colder and expect to get good returns. So I run hummingbird for my side, side imaging uh, and, you know, mega, mega imaging is a big thing. You're over 1.2 uh, megahertz. So you get really clear, but as soon as that water gets below 60 degrees, it goes, it goes to crap. So from 60 to 50, I'll drop down to 800. As soon as it gets below 50, I drop to 400 uh, and still get great return. So you got to think about that as water cools down, sonar pings slow. So that high speed pinging starts to walk on itself. You just don't get a good return. So, and you can, can you change them with Lawrence? I know with yep. Garmin and with, with Humminbird you can. Yeah. I'm not as familiar. So with Lawrence, you can change that. You got to jump in there and change those frequencies. Um, and that'll help you get better pictures in the winter time. Is that running the big motor or trolling motor? You mean when I'm graphing, usually I'm on the big motor idling around. I mean, I'll get on the trolling motor and might look at brush piles and some stuff with uh, forward facing, but, Typically, I just put her in and in, in drive, and, drive and, go. and go. Yeah, just <laughs> let her idle along and graph. I'll I'll run. Shoot, I went out. We had a day last December. It was like almost hit seventy degrees, and I went out to Jordan. And I think I graphed from Pose, which is on the lower end of the river, all the way past sixty four Bridge, and never got on plane. I just idled the whole way. It took That's like a long it took like idle. six hours. <laughs> uh, but I was just idling. I was looking for brush piles. I was looking at those channel swings and all that kind of stuff, and it's also warmer when you're not going down the lake. That's yeah, yeah. When you're not running 55, 60 miles an hour, when it's uh, when it's forty degrees, it's it's a little bit nicer. So yeah, I think we need, I think we should talk about before we get into baits, kind of like the. I I think there's like two periods of of winter fishing. There's almost from now, um, until probably like late February around here, right? Yeah. And that's when you know you're really going out deep looking for those, um you know, offshore brush piles, those channel swings, those, you know, rock piles, et cetera. But as, as we start getting the late winter, that's also a time that uh, I may, if we get a warm rain or we've got three or four sunny, like 65, 70 degrees in the row, like I may just start on the bank with like a, a flat side of crankbait. That's so right. It's like 45 degree angle or steeper banks. Um, and so it's kind of seasonal in that regard, but that's just because they they want to start making that trans transition eventually. We won't yeah. be there for a couple of months, but um, it's you can in late February and even during the spawn, you can still go catch them out. You know, certain ones in brush piles and all, but mm -hmm. they start getting a little more active. Yeah, um, you know, a couple of months from now. Yeah, I think it's uh, uh, so winter up, winter fishing or winter is is relative. Uh, obviously, we're in North Carolina. 
you know, for, for you, uh, you guys that are in the deep North, <laughs> I guess that's the deep North and deep South. It's very different, right? Um, yeah. the Northern waters are, are completely different. The Southern waters are completely different. The central waters are different, but the well, one ice fishing in the North. Yeah. You're ice fishing. <laughs> in the north. So you, you have the best fishing. Um, but the one thing that stays the same are bass are cold blooded, right? So their body temperatures regulate with water temperature. And so understanding like the anatomy of a bass, um, the colder they are, the more lethargic they are, right? The slower their metabolism is, uh, when the water is colder and that in itself is going to, depending on the body of water, you know, and this is really why you got to just have time on the water each lake is in each portion of a lake if it has any size to it is is different um bass will sometimes just like the spawn they say the northern part of your lake usually spawns first before the southern part um and that and that's true in the winter time too like those those bass behave differently so if you if you spend one week in the winter december january time frame here in north carolina uh, each one of those days in that week is going to be very different and you're going to identify a bite window and that's not going to be like you would see in the summertime. Like you may see a bass feed once over a two day period versus four five, six times during the summertime. Right. So just understanding the bass is very important and then understanding where you're located um, in large mouth primarily, because like Pete said, spotted bass and smallmouth bass, they are just different. Yeah, you're not really catching smallmouth in the winter. I mean, because you can't fish for them. <laughs> yeah. They get when out in the middle of Lake Erie in ninety foot of water, and nobody's going out there. To oh fish yeah, yeah, yeah. Smallmouth, so on, on the um, Great Lakes. Yeah, so <laughs> most of the big smallmouth lakes are frozen, and and they don't really catch them through the ice. Yeah. But if, um, if you're on the Tennessee River system form, yeah, or yep. White River. That's when a lot of times you're using drop shots in 60 70 80 foot of water yeah even some yep. of the lakes around here that have spots yeah jeff i think that said uh caught some big bass on jordan in the winter man they get one or two bites but they're usually good ones yep they are see we're going to talk about all three of us are going to talk about our approaches on this fishing baits that we like to throw so we're going to get to your question yep. uh, but we like like we wanted to talk about I, i'm with ben uh, for me, I feel like here in North Carolina, it's more like mid-March. We get that winter bite starts. They start to transition more to that pre-spawn, uh, kind of start to push a little bit more. But uh, weather obviously plays a huge role. Um, like Trey said, they don't really have a bite window. It's not like in the summer where you can be like, well, they're eating it at first light, and then they're eating at noon, and then they're eating at three. At some point in time, they may eat during the day, and they might not. Yep. Um, it, sometimes it's just about putting a bait in front of them that, that – they look at and they just can't take it any longer and then they have to eat it. So, uh, you know, there's a bunch of different approaches. Let's who wants to start with your first. So I'll start. I will. <laughs> so I'll roll up to a brush pile, Steve. I, there's usually only three baits I throw in the winter. Um, but the very first one I'm going to throw every single time is going to be an a rig. And I don't care if the brush pile is in four foot of water or 70 foot of water. I'm going to throw an a rig. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to drag it and I'm going to hit the top of that brush pile. And nine times out of 10, if the fish are going to eat, they're going to smoke it. Or if they follow it, they're probably not going to eat. Um, you get a lot of those followers in the winter. Uh, but that's, a, that's my go-to because it's, it, it catches bigger fish. Uh, and usually it'll get bit on that first throw if they're going to eat it. They just, that school of bait comes through and they just can't, they can't resist it. I mean, they're, you know, a big, big wad of shad comes through and they see that, uh, it's also 90% of the time the back bait that gets eight, uh, and that's the one that I throw a different bait than the other one. So I usually throw something small uh, on my four main arms, and then I'll put a, a five-inch, four-and-a-half, five-inch swim bait on my other one. Uh, it almost looks like a smaller bait chasing a bigger bait, and uh, they can't. those bigger fish can't take it. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be my go-to to start in the winter. I'm going to spend a lot of time with an A-rig in my hand, uh, fishing, fishing brush, fishing rocks. Um, basically I'll throw it at anything. It doesn't, it doesn't scare me to fish it like a crankbait. So, um, you're throwing it on big, heavy line. I've never, I know people have lost them. I've never lost one. I'll get right up on top of them with 25 pound and usually can drag anything I'm snagged in or, or straighten the hook before it breaks. Um, so that's my go-to tray. Well, let me just piggyback off the A-rig thing real quick. Um, you know, one of the things that I noticed today, 
Uh, and I totally screwed myself because I didn't take any of my baits out there with me. Like I emptied my boat out and forgot that I <laughs> did, didn't have anything. Did in there. you seriously? Yeah, yeah. So I didn't have anything in there. Um, so all you I had, did, what was on, all I had was what I had. Yeah, yeah. So I went out there with an A rig and, and I, and I love fishing the A rig all year long. It doesn't have to be in the winter, but in the winter it's, it's good. But if, if you are into the forward facing sonar game, um, and you notice that the fish are, are following and then they're going back to whatever structure they're on, you should change your baits up yeah. a little bit. And, and so it's important to understand again, like I said, the bass itself, but then the bait in the lake. So are you throwing too big of a swim bait on your a rig? Are you throwing not big enough? Are you throwing the wrong color? But usually it's going to be a shad pattern. Um, but it depends on what they're eating on. Cause some of these lakes have gizzard shad in them. Some of their feeding on this year's hatch of shad. So they're really tiny. So all of those little things like need to play into your calculus when you're watching these fish or doing whatever. Um, but the a rig is deadly for me, uh, besides an a rig, uh, another bait that I like and, and you just catch all species on it is, is a blade bait. Um, all the different sizes of blade baits, even the different colors. Uh, the thing about the blade bait is one, they're pretty inexpensive. Um, and two, they just plain out catch yeah. all fish. Uh, today I caught white perch. That was the only thing I caught. Um, I had plenty of fish follow it, but what I like to do, uh, I like to work that blade bait a couple of different ways. And that's an all around year bait too. Um, they fish feed on shad. That's what they do or bass do at least in shad lakes. So, uh, for winter, uh, that thing is, is being like worked super slow. Mm -hmm. So it's either cast it out. If you see fish, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 feet away but you're kind of casting that out. And I'm using like six pound uh, fluorocarbon to a 20 pound um, braid leader or flip reverse that. And uh, I'll cast it out. And if, if I'm not seeing any reaction, any fish swimming with it, then I'll get over the top of the fish. And then we'll start almost Demiki rigging uh, uh, um, that blade bait. But I think, you got to really pay attention to how they're reacting to the blade bait because you'll see them suspended or over cover. Uh, if they're not coming up and eating it, then you're, then it's not the right bait, yeah. right? They're, they're not, they're not doing anything. But a lot of times when you get bit is when you don't move it. So you put it right over the top of them and you just hold it there. You'll see a lot of guys like, snap it up right and that's really good with a jig and spoon and you can do it with a blade bait too um but a lot of times where i get bit on that thing and that's how i got bit today was i didn't even move it just the just the natural movement of the blade bait itself in the water is enough to make those lethargic fish sometimes if they're going to eat come out and then if you another great way to to check to see if you're throwing the right size bait get, get under a bait ball and try to snag some of those shad. Um, and it's really hard to do, but if you can snag one of those shad, you can identify, am I throwing the right size? So blade baits are really deadly all year long. Um, my buddy, Will Hartman put me onto those years ago on Sharon Harris. That's like the only thing he throws and he works it just like a lipless crankbait or he drags it just like a jig. I don't know how he hasn't lost 5 million of them. Um, but it's a good technique in the winter. Yeah, yep, that's one of the baits I usually keep tied on. Ben, yeah, when it when it when it comes to wintertime fishing, you know, there's a lot of techniques that work extremely well, and so we're obviously just picking out a couple that are our favorites. I think, you know, I think we can agree a lot of times the fish, you know, in the wintertime that they they kind of set up more or less in two ways, and I say that you know, we all know fish will do crazy things on some days, and mm -hmm. you're just like, why are they doing what they're doing? But a lot of times in the wintertime, those fish will either set up suspended somewhere in the water column, What's and that's that? where your blade baits, your spoons, your jerk baits, even Alabama rigs work really yep. well. Um, or if they're around cover, brush piles, rock piles, a lot of times they'll be right on the bottom. And even with forward-facing sonar, you won't be able to really pick them out a lot of times because their bellies are on the bottom. They just don't want to move a whole lot. And so you got to yep. get that bait real close. Um, so... I like dragging on the bottom. Um, obviously, I'm a jig fisherman, so one of my you know favorite ways 
um, to catch them in the wintertime was with a with a jig, typically a football jig. Um, I have one laying here. So if you happen to be watching the video, I'll show it. But this is one of standard or Stangles, Snangles versions. But I actually cut it. Yeah, it's spider cut it, finesse cut it there. So I'm using the same style, you know, weight jig, three eighths ounce, half ounce, depending on depth. But I'll just, you know, by cutting the skirt that way, it, it thins it out. And then I'll use a plastic that doesn't have a lot of movement, more compact plastics. It actually thicker plastic. So there's just let, there's less movement. So it's more realistic in that cold water. And I'll just drag it along and um, let it sit there sometimes 30, 40 seconds without moving it uh, if I think yeah. I'm in the strike zone. And yeah. uh, a lot of times you feel that that bite and it's a big one there. So it's a great way to pick up, um, uh, especially your bigger fish a lot of times in the wintertime when they're on the bottom. Um but you'll still pick up, obviously, your, your your normal fish here and there. I've had some great days on a jig out there and um, out there in January and February, and it's uh, it's hard to beat. And the great thing about it, um, as the fish start to transition more and more shallow, you change your colors and you go to a more crawdad version as they're moving up, feeding up. And so, I mean, it allows you to be very versatile. You can work it from the bank, obviously, already out to 20, 25, 30 foot, even mm -hmm. heavier on what size jig you get so uh an excellent technique there it's an excellent way to catch a lot of big bites if you're yeah. just with it in the summer in, in the winter time well i also think uh and we've talked about it before yeah, but just real quick go ahead. what's going on zach dallas merry christmas to you as well andrew happy friday man thanks for jumping in um i do want to say kieran put a uh something on instagram kieran if you guys haven't heard he's a local kid fishes the high school uh, bss uh has won a bunch of them tournaments he's a heck of an angler but he said he's been catching a bunch of five plus pounders on harris uh on on a little crappy jig two inch swim bait in the brush so yeah <laughs> don't be afraid to to crappy fish a brush pile and uh you never know what you're gonna end up with well yeah, that's true and, th and that brings me up I, I know we each had two to pick about and i don't know which order we're gonna go in but Kieran brings up a good point with that little little bait in the brush there. And, and I see Steve, you know, he commented in the brush pause, you know, are we drop shotting or sinking a jig? You know, typically I do sink that jig first in there. But I don't do a lot of drop shotting. When I want that really small profile yeah. and a brush pile and offshore, I'm using a little Ned. And um, when it's calm out and you can be patient, you can use an eighth ounce Ned in 20, 25 foot of water. You just have to watch it fall down on life scope. But I have one of my best days ever out there just throwing a little bitty Ned. And it was the uh, the baby goat, I think. The little baby goat yeah. junior, whatever Z-Man has, that little goat. Yeah. And the little craw. And you just bring it through all types of laydowns and, and brush piles and that. If they don't want a bigger profile bait, um, it's hard with that Ned, especially a weedless version that it just it comes right through. And it's a... That's usually my second. If I don't get bit on the jig and a brush pile, I'll probably throw a net in there in the wintertime first. Yeah, um, I think it's a I, I think it's a misconception that, you know, everyone, I mean, it's you you need to downsize your baits in the wintertime, but that doesn't mean that they won't bite a jig. And and you talked about the the snagless jig. Um I remember last year uh pulling up on brush on Sharon Harris and a buddy of mine, we had our the noses of our boat pointed at the same exact brush pile. And he caught, he was using a half ounce green pumpkin jig, like 49 degree water, super cold and caught a six pounder and a four pounder back to back. I mean, back to back cast. So it was right place, right time. And bass, that's why jigs and, and bigger baits in the summertime typically pick up your bigger fish it's the same concept in the wintertime. They don't want to exert a lot of energy eating a bunch of tiny shad. If they see, and you're in their bite window, they see a big crawdad, bluegill, whatever uh, pattern come across their face really slow, it's an easy meal for them. And they're going to eat it. They're, hopefully they eat it, yeah. right? So it, there's a lot of, every angler has their superstitions my biggest, and stuff. My but, biggest winter fish have been off an A-rig in, in an 11-inch glide bait. Yeah, big baits. Yeah, right. like a big glide is just a natural movement. You can fish it super slow, 
And like you said, when the, when it comes over the top of that brush pile and it and it glides to to one way and it's just kind of out there floating, it, it's moving slow enough where they say, "Yep, I can swim up there and eat that." And a lot of times they do. Um, so if you're yeah. if you're trying to get into big baits, uh, this is a great time of year to to throw a big glide bait. You know, um, you're gonna fish it slow. You don't not gonna chop it. You're not gonna burn it. You're just gonna let it do its thing. Uh, but it's a really good time of year to to get out there and throw those. Yep. Said, yeah, I mean, Nick, my, my biggest winter fish, is, but that doesn't count, Nick. April's not a winter fish, bro. No, that's definitely not. <laughs> but my, my PB game came a few years ago in Sharon Harris in February. Yep. I was throwing a jig on standing timber, like 25 foot, and it hit it on the fall, you know? So you find yourself, um, Zach, you find yourself dead sticking a lot in these cooler temps. Absolutely. Yeah, Zach, with the with the big glides and stuff. Yeah, I'm, I dead stick a lot this time of year. I'll, I'll glide it and then just let it sit. Especially if you get like a slow sink or something. Um, and even an A-rig, like you're not burning the A-rig through the water. Like no. you're trying to match how the slow bait fisher. Is slow yeah. as possible. And if you can if you can get an A-rig down on the bottom and and to where you're not getting hung up and you can just time it perfectly, like you'll feel like you get a snag. Well, today I got a snag. But a lot of times you feel like you're snagged and it's a giant that's down there that grabbed either that bottom one or that last one on that A-rig. So, And some of them this time of year will just freight train an A-rig and yep. try to rip the rod out of your hands. It's really, it's really weird the way they'll eat that bait. Um, but yeah, Zach, dead stick in those big baits, man. I, I can't tell how many times I've, I've done that and had it sit sitting there and then you go to move it again and there's just weight there. And it's a, it's a, it's a fish. I mean, that, that's like, not like, dead stick. Any bait or if, yeah, if, yeah. if you can throw dead stick it, whether that's a Ned, uh, a Sanko, if you want to use that, uh, Nico rig, whatever you're using drop shot, you just let it sit there. Sometimes you got to let it sit there for a minute or two. I mean, to be honest, one of the best days I had, um, and the winter time Sam came up on, um, this is new year's day, I think 2020. And, um, unfortunately he only caught a chain pickerel, you know, he's fishing right next to me in the back of the boat, but I had four fish for like 18 pounds mm. and, he, and she tied on her jig. It was still in the jig, the same brush pile I was, but, um, but what we noticed it is that cause it was so cold, I was casting out and then I wasn't thumbing good. So every time I'd have to do a, pick a little bit of backlash out and you know i'm moving slow it's cold but then when i reeled out like there's a fish there there's a lot of times that would happen and he's like you just got a dead seat i think sam was like you know they're all hitting when you're not moving it so just keep i was like yeah. you're right sometimes that's why there. yeah that's why i like a jig a lot of times in those in those situations and I, that's when i go to like the old jig and pig style trailer like uh you know, uh, just a fork tail with a, a pork. Yeah. Like a pork. Yeah. I don't pork use chunk. the pork chunks, but you know, that style where it's two little things and you got a hunk of a fat hunk of plastic and you, you just put it on the hook and you can let it sit there and any, any current or anything in that will cause those little, just to move ever so subtly. And a lot of times you let that jig soak in a brush pile for, I mean, I can think of times I've let them sit in there for, for two minutes before I moved it and you pick up mm. and it's just mushy and there's a fish there. I mean, and again, this is dependent on water temperature, like where you are. Yeah. Um, if you get a day where the water, you know, you get a couple of days of 60 degrees and the water gets up to the mid fifties. Yep. Those fish will get active and they'll start, they'll start chasing a little bit better. Uh, Trey, that was Nick that asked what rod and line says. Are so, you using a blade bait? so I don't, I don't dedicate any rod to a blade bait. It's not one that I have tied on all the time, but what I have it typically tied on, uh, so I can vertically use it is a is a cash in. I think it's a seven two, a seven two mit, whatever one I use for the wacky worm. I think it's a seven two medium heavy, um, spinning, rod. spinning rod. Yep, and I'm using uh, I'm using Cortland uh, twenty pound um, yellow braid. It's literally the same setup that I use for uh, for wacky rigging in the spawn. Um, or when I'm dock fishing, but I'll, I'll, I'll drop line size down, uh, to about six or eight pound test versus like 10 or 12. Um, so yeah. And, and that just allows me to like vertically fish it. I mean, I throw it on a bait caster too, but typically I'll throw it on a spinning rod just because it's a little bit easier in the winter time. Uh, and then whatever works for you. I mean, a lot of guys will throw it on straight fluoro. A lot of guys, I wouldn't recommend throwing it on straight braid, but that's just my opinion. 
Um, so yeah, that's what I use, man. Yeah, I throw it on a I throw it on a bait caster, but I throw it on seven three medium heavy fast cash and worm jig rod, uh, twelve pound fluoro straight. Yeah, tip tip is everything with those or or the rod uh, means a lot. So like if you find yourself hooking up and losing a lot of fish, uh, cause you do on a blade bait, those hooks are so small and stuff like yeah. that. But if you find yourself like overpowering the fish and, and, you know, in the winter time, their mouths are like rock solid, you know, so hook penetration is really difficult depending on what bait you're using. Um, so if you, if you find yourself losing a lot of fish, you may need to switch your, switch your rod up to something either a little bit more sensitive or a little bit more stiff. It just depends on the situation. Yep. Yep. They, uh, yeah, their mouths definitely get harder winter, spring, and then with water temperatures, water temperatures warm up. That's why you see a lot of fish in the summer, get their mouths tore up real yep. bad because guys are jacking them and, and they're just not as, not as tough. The fish, the fish, <clears throat> I mean, I think everybody on here or hopefully there or everybody on here is experienced anglers, but, um, you know, I hope you're, you're all new anglers. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not like the fish, when you catch a fish, especially a bass, it'll tell you a story um, from the color of their bellies to the color of their upper lips. Look down their gullet to see what they're eating. Um, if they're st high stressed out, they'll start turning red on their fins and stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch of things. Obviously, in the spawn, their tails will be bleeding and stuff like yep. that when they're making beds. Their crushers are beet red. You know, they're eating craw. They're fish. eating craw. Like, yep. There's a lot of there's a lot of things a bass will tell you looking at it. Yep. So not only the, do electronics tell you this story, but you know, and then the other thing that I, I want to mention in the wintertime too is, um, you know, I know all of our faces, a lot of our faces are, are staring at our screen, but don't forget everything else that's around you. And, and the big thing are the birds uh, in the wintertime. I can tell you Baden Lake is notorious for this, and so is Lake Norman. So when you go up to Lake Norman and fish those tournaments, obviously they got tons of stripers in Lake Norman, but bass also are with stripers. So I, I, I've caught them before. And um, so if you're watching the birds dive in the water and they're pile driving like bait, you might want to go over there and check that out. It may be striper. It may be a school of catfish. I don't know. Um, but pay attention to your surroundings. That'll tell you a little bit too. And then, you know, today the water was warmer. Um, I didn't catch crap, but still like I was still looking at the heron on the, on the water. They were pushed up on the dark Great. rock uh what's that brad said he's a super rookie angler yeah okay <laughs> um but yeah just pay attention to your surrounding man that'll, that'll tell you a story as well Give me another question uh terry jones hopefully you're still on here best baits december and january we kind of talked about, about our favorites uh so we've got a rig we've got blade baits we've got a jig um, i already we have Ned rig. Ned. So jerk I bait's a good one too jerk baits can be good but I, like i said at the beginning i have basically three baits tied on and that it's an a rig a, a blade bait and a jig those are kind of my three go-to winter baits i can cover about everything with that um That's sometimes sometimes i'll swap the blade bait for a lipless yep uh just because that that little bit of noise you get with a lipless and everything can trigger a bite or two but uh, and if kinda, there's grass in a lake, I'm going lipless. Yeah. Well, there's no, no grass in any lakes. I usually fish in the winter. <laughs> but yeah, if you have uh, grass, lipless is definitely the way to go. Let's, uh, Traps let's in talk, Florida uh, work well. Yep. We haven't really talked winter crankbaits yet. So that, that okay, is go, I, Yeah, I threw I threw it quite, quite a bit today. Uh, okay. Go ahead, man. Yeah, because I, I usually have probably. two or three types of crankbaits tied on. Now, for me in the wintertime, you know, I put away my... Um, Rapala's, Rapala's, DT series. I put away um, a lot of my Strike King series. I, I put away some of the Six Sense ones. Usually, what I'm throwing, I'm throwing either a wiggle wart or a rock crawler. Um, they own, but they only dive up to about 12 feet. Or I'm throwing a flat sided crankbait like a Fritz side, mm -hmm. especially as it gets warmer, more towards the free spawn. And then another very good one, I think it's the DD18. I think mm -hmm. it's the river to see. It's the one that yeah. Tactical Bassin put up together a few years ago. And it, it, so it'll get you down about 18 foot. So, you know, in the wintertime, sometimes yeah. we can't get our crankbaits down. The ones that are kind of designed for winter fishing. Um, and like, don't get me wrong, I've caught them before on, on the others, your normal summertime crankbaits in yep. the wintertime. But that DD one, I mean, it's designed to be burned fast. And you almost, 
uh, even though it's super, super cold out below 53 degrees, like you're just burning that thing as fast as you can, just hitting it off stuff down there. So you'll lose a couple, but it, that's a pretty effective one too to get their reaction strike. Um, because some days they just want, and I have seen it firsthand, some days they actually want to chase stuff in the wintertime. And, yeah. and it, might, it might be weird um, as we talk about it. They obviously don't, they're cold blooded, they're lethargic, they don't eat as much. But maybe some days they, they realize they haven't eaten in three days and they, they want yeah. something. And for whatever yeah. reason, they, you know, I've seen them chase stuff all day. Whereas the day before they, they, you had to put it in front of their mouth for a minute before they'd eat. So, yeah. but yeah, but yeah, I just wanted to touch on the crankbaits because uh, that's something I do always have tied on in the winter time. Um, just, you know, depending on conditions and like, but I, I always probably have two or three tied on. Yeah. Zach, I'll text you the ones that I use because I can't remember who makes them, but I, I think I went through <clears throat> for everybody that's listening to this episode 51. Uh, one of our our listeners, Zach, who's a Cash and Rods employee and a, a good friend of the show, asked uh, what our favorite split ring pliers on. Highly displeased with the ones I've got. I probably went through thirty different pairs of split ring pliers last year because I was the same way. I couldn't find one I like, and I finally found one I like, and I'll send it to you. And they're like they're like seven bucks on Amazon or something. They're cheap, but they do a really good job. They're made, they're made in Texas. I'll, uh, I'll text the link to you or I'll post it in the chat or something. So everybody yeah. can see it. But honestly, I use the KVD ones. Um, I'll, I'll hit, I'll hit them a little bit with a WD 40 at the beginning of the year. Um, and, and they seem to work for me. If those are the ones you have and you're displeased with them, like hopefully the ones that Pete, uh, posts, um, are a little bit better, but I've had those ones for like six years. And they haven't failed me yet, yeah. but they they work for me. Um, these, go back these I'll put these are the ones I I'll attest to them because you all know how many thousands of split rings yep. I put on bladed jigs. Yeah, um, these came out of Walmart little jewelry box, a little Walmart hey. special, oh, and yeah. they've done yep. so thousands yeah. of them. So if you need if you need a pair right away, if you go like the jewelry section of Walmart, they usually have um, in there, you know, for craft and all. And they, I mean. I put thousands together, so yeah, <laughs> they work. I don't know how well they'll hold up. If, like, around if I was gonna, boat, <laughs> if I was gonna take anyone's word for split rings, it'd be yours, Ben, because uh, you have a lot more experience putting them on than I do. Um, going back to the crankbait thing, uh, there's a couple crankbaits that I'll that I'll have tied on. I don't deep crank in the winter time, and I'm probably doing myself a disservice. Um, I can tell for those of you who, who like to crankbait fish and you're like, man, I can't get my crankbait down to 18, 20 foot. Um, there's a couple different things you can do. One, you need to figure out what type of line you're using. If you're using like 15 pound test, you probably need to drop down to like 10. Um, you need to make sure that you're throwing it on the right rod. I throw mine on a deep cranking rod. If I'm deep cranking a cash in uh seven, six deep cranking rod. Um, and I'll use, you know, 10, sometimes 12, sometimes eight uh, pound fluorocarbon just depends on what I'm doing. And then you can also add lead stickers uh, to the bottom of your crankbait or on the bill, however you want to do it. And you can get your crankbait and you can play with your hooks to upsize your hooks or change different brands of hooks and you can get your crankbait deeper there too. So lead but, wire on the hooks if you don't have the, the stickers yep. works really well too. So with, you only with used, um, any of the uh, suspending crankbaits, so um, I think they've got some Rapala like shad wraps to suspend. So yeah, I'll throw shad wraps a lot. I don't crank much in the winter because like I said, I can, I feel like I can do, I can do everything um, with an A-rig that I can do with a crankbait for the most part, if you're not scared. But when I do, I like to throw a shad wrap. Um, I'd usually throw it on a spinning rod because they're super light uh, and they're tough to throw, but they do suspend, which is kind of nice. So you can, you can get them down to like a brush pile or something like that. You can take it and then you can just stop it. Uh, and a lot of times it'll sit there and just it being there will make them eat it because they're annoyed that it's sitting on top of their brush pile. <clears throat> there's, there's actually, a, so the two that I'll have tied on, so I don't have any of the original wiggle warts. I have like the aftermarket storm ones that aren't true wiggle warts. Uh, but they do work. Oh, yeah. uh, you just need to change the hooks on them because the hooks are absolutely garbage out of the package. Um, so those are a good one. And you, it's really, really hard. And I, and I will throw the DTs, especially in February. 
So like December and January, not so much, but like, you know, a balsa wood crankbait has a different movement in the water than, than a traditional, like, well, I guess that is a traditional crankbait technically. Um, yeah, Chelsea, I was just going to mention that, but go ahead. Yeah. So, so the DT series, I'll still throw those. Um, and then Fritz sides are really, really hard to beat. And you already mentioned that Ben, but the, especially in the pre-spawn in February, when the fish do, they move up, um, depending on the weather, like Pete said, it's really, really hard to beat that crankbait. So I was throwing one today. Uh, I think it was Which, a Fritz side nine, oh. a Fritz side nine. Um, and I was throwing that on riprap and, and throwing it off of the riprap where, where there was, you know, the, the vertical walls like bass like to get on the vertical stuff because it's a little bit easier to move up and down to feed in the wintertime rather than on big flats. But don't let that myth or don't let that like confuse you like bass are still all over the lake. It's just primarily on those vertical, that vertical stuff. Um, that Fritz side is it's, it's a hard one to beat, man. Like I, I don't know what it is. David Fritz got it right. That one works. Yeah. Don't be afraid to fish shallow too in, in the winter. My my biggest my biggest bass I ever caught in Pennsylvania, largemouth, was six seven. I caught it in like nine inches of water a day after ice off on one of our lakes. And wow. it was pushed up in there. I don't know what it was eating. Um, but it was it I saw it and I sighted fish it. Warm water, it wasn't the sun. I mm -hmm. and I literally put like a I, I wasn't real big into fishing, but like a Texas rig worm and i just flipped it up there and let it sit there and it couldn't take it after about a minute and ate it <laughs> um so don't be afraid but chelsea brought up the the cash and bfs and that's that's what i've been for about the last year throwing those shatter abs on or since that rod came out mm -hmm. um, i don't throw much but yeah the seven foot bfs rod from cash is a really good rod for throwing throwing those light crankbaits like bfs that. stands for bait finesse system yep yep and i then, actually uh, i throw the shatter abs on that i'll throw like you're a junior jerk baits, like the 110 juniors and stuff on them pretty well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you guys know I pretty much don't use yep. spinning gear anymore. So no, I use the BFS stuff. Spinning yeah. gear is good. Um, it going back to the jig thing, uh, and, and this is something I learned at you know, we all learned at like Lanier at Norman and stuff like that. Like if a jig's not working, um, you know, a good football head, shaky head, or a snagless uh, football head jig where you just pull the skirt off from it. So if it's too aggressive, you can put like a stiff, soft plastic on the back of that. And then when targeting brush piles, and, and man, I never thought this would be the case, but, and I don't know if largemouth are acting this way, but I'm sure they do. Um, throw it, throw a shaky head down there with a creature bait on it or something like that. Hit the left, hit the right, and then hit the center of the brush pile and see if they're reacting a certain way. Um, and I'm sure I'm absolutely going to try that technique this year. And, and hopefully it works in the winter. Um, but it's something that you can do if you, if you're not into jigs or you don't have any jigs, go to onecastfishing.com, use the code, the one cast, get you some, but if you don't have any right now, um, throw a shaky head out there yeah. uh, and put a, put Just a little crop. Yep. Let it, let it soak. Let it soak. That's, that's, right. that's the key this time of year is just to slow down. You, that's why you, you see fish big baits. You can fish little baits, whatever you want to do, but you want to slow everything you do down this time of year. That's, that's really, um, there was actually a really good video I came across on, I don't know if it was on reels or on TikTok, something I was scrolling through last night before I went to bed and it was a dude ice fishing. Uh, and he had like an aqua view down there and watching the way, and he caught a bunch of largemouth. He was somewhere up North. But watching the way those fish reacted, he had a little blade bait on and he was just dead sticking it. But if you watched the way they would come up and eat, it was literally they would just come up and they would just grab the back hook and that was all. They could see something hanging there. I don't know if they thought it was the tail or what. They would grab the back hook and he could see that on his aqua view and set the hook. So you don't need to move them. And if you, if anything, Iconelli was coined it. Hook sets are free. If it does not feel right, set the hook. A hook. lot of times it might just be mush. You'll lift up and it's like, man, that just doesn't feel normal. Yeah. And set the hook. Though I have noticed, and I don't know, Trey and Ben, you can you can comment on this if you think. I feel like in the winter, when they do bite a bait, they hold on to it a little bit longer than they mm -hmm. do like in the summer or the spring. And I don't know if that's because their mouths are harder and they can't tell as quick that it's not an actual bait or or what it is, but it does seem like you can let it soak a jig, Ned rig. Uh, you can throw that blade bait and just let it sit there. And I feel like when they do grab it, they'll hold on to it a little bit longer. But a lot of times you won't know. And this is why 
your rod is so important, whatever brand of rod you like, like to use. Um, and, and I got to use, you know, uh, Fritz is you, you can't, you can't, you just got to know how to feel the, the fish and the rod brand I was using before there is absolute there. I guarantee you, I had fish on the other end of the line that I didn't even know about. Um, so a lot of times you won't even feel these fish if you're not using the right gear. Yep. Um, so then set the hook. We're going <laughs> to, I'm going to answer a gear question right now. Cause it's something that gets asked all the time. If you were going to spend money, rod or reel thousand percent the rod the rod the rod makes a complete difference in, in everything you'll do uh, if you if you're and i'm gonna the best way i can tell you is if you're fishing a texas rig and you flip it out there and you let it fall on a slack line and you can't feel the fish pick your bait as it falls on a slack line you're using the wrong rod yep well pete can attest to this ben you you can too you guys know my setup i have all cash and rods i have other brands but i have all cash and rods in the boat i have literally the cheapest reels ever yeah like i don't use but 40 to 60 dollar reels i have a couple that are a couple hundred dollars but my a rig i throw on an abu garcia silver max yep like with 20 pound fluorocarbon with a cash and uh ledge rod and it does not matter the reel as much as it matters the rod and i 100 percent agree with you you can get you can get cheap reels you know your cast kings and you know they may not hold up for a whole bunch of years uh, but if you're looking at one way to spend your money and whether it's going to be a rod or a reel, 100% spend your money on a rod. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll make a huge difference in the amount of fish that you catch. Also, spend the leftover money on line. Yes. Good line makes a huge difference. And then the reel, I mean, I, I, I'll i go out there with any reel. I, I've been blessed with with some opportunities to get some really nice reels at, at discounts and stuff, so I do use some nicer reels. But I'd be right there with Trey. I had, I don't know how many black maxes and silver maxes. I still use them. They were great reels. I, I still have some like backups that I keep in the boat just in case something happens and, and they work great, but uh, you cannot, I never, I, I was like most people when they started a rod, everything was medium, heavy, fast or, or right. whatever. Like that's all you need. And then I started to learn. Uh, and then I find, when I finally got my first high quality, like rod, I was like, I, I don't know. I, I could never not, use a, a good rod now it just it makes such a difference in, in the way you're able to fish so um speaking of gear brad i don't know if you're still here or not maybe you can let let the folks know but if you haven't got your carolina waters gear yet uh, christmas it's a week away now folks uh well a week in two days so uh three days is it on monday this year yeah monday yeah. so yeah you, you're gonna want to get that stuff ordered uh, and I, I do believe if you order this weekend, they'll probably get it out to you. And there's a good chance you'll have it before Christmas. So head to carolinawatersnc.com. Use the code the one cast, all one word. You'll save 20% off your order. Uh, they got awesome hats. Um, they've got performance wear. They've got uh, just had a restock on their, their T-shirts, which are super comfortable. Uh, probably one of my favorite T-shirts to wear just because they're so comfortable. Um, and there's some other stuff coming. So hoodies will be coming here pretty soon at that took a little longer from their supplier to get those, but they'll be, uh, they'll be coming up here in the not too distant future. They look really good. Um, so make sure you check them out. CarolinaWatersNC.com. Use the code, the one cast, uh, save 20% off your order. My kids just, my kids got a couple beanies that I'm jamming or that Santa's jamming in the stockings from Carolina water. So, um, they got all sorts of gear to keep. Brad you, says uh, that's keep correct. So yeah, get, get your gear this week, folks. So they can get out to you. Don't forget my birthday's two weeks after Christmas. Who said that? <laughs> so whoever that is, you're on my Facebook, so it comes up as Facebook user. So I got to swap back and forth. Sounds like um, they really need to get stocked up. My birthday stuff. is next Thursday. Is it really? Yeah, December 21st. Man, so you got, do you get screwed with Christmas or do you like, is it double awesome? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so like... That's a great question, and that's what everybody asks. I probably, in appearance, it looked like I got shafted growing up, right? Like, I've never had a birthday party. Like, I never had a birthday party with Me friends neither. or anything, just because it's too close to Christmas, right? Like, families, everybody's got everything going on, which, whatever. I mean, it doesn't really matter. But it was like, I never got the quantity of stuff like that like my sister would get or whatever, but I would always get, like, the big gift, right? Because birthday, Christmas, they combine them, new gun, new bow, like 
So, I mean, I guess it worked out in my favor. It's okay. It's not movie quality. Yeah. I mean, it's not about quantity, you know, it's not about quantity, but yeah. So usually they like growing up, my parents combined Christmas and birthday into one pretty big, like awesome gift, you know, growing up in the outdoors, it was guns, it was bows. It was, it was all that kind of stuff to get out there and hunt. Um, so now it's just like, whatever it's, you get used to it after we, we got a lot of birthdays this year. You got your birthday coming up. I think your wife's is coming up too. No, hers is in October. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. Mine is on the 5th of January. That's right, yeah. So I always get screwed too or shafted because that's usually the first day back to work after the Christmas holiday season. (laughs) You get to go right back. Yeah, I get to go right back to work. So, yeah, we got birthdays. Ben, your birthday was earlier this year, wasn't it? Yeah, it's in October. Yep. So, yeah, I... Man, my wife's is an actual. We got a lot of, October, lot of October birthdays, birthdays, December birthdays, January, January birthdays. I thought I knew yours was coming up. Yep. I was going to ask you tonight when it was. So yeah. I got to get you a birthday. David's is January 7th. Yeah. January Rodney's 12th, is January 12th. That's right. Winter man. birthdays are the way to go, man. And and Rodney made a comment earlier. He talked about facts um, in October. Yeah, man. We got October and, I know. and winter, January and December covered. Let me go back to Rodney's comment. He talked about slow rolling a spinner bait with oh, yeah, co- yeah. with Colorado blades at the on the bottom. I'll tell you right now, a spinner bait on Gaston on Lake Gaston on those vertical walls uh, in the cold from October until probably February March is absolutely a clutch bait right. um, to catch big spotted bass, largemouth, and stuff. So thanks, Rodney, for throwing that yep. out there. Brad said somebody buy me a boat. Brad, if you head to Bass Pro and Carry, uh, talk to their their uh, tracker marine manager. I'm sure he can get you. Oh, that's you, <laughs> Bo. You can get yourself hooked up. Come on, mate. Get you that Get you that nice new nitro you've been looking at. I know you're ready. Yeah. Uh, but no, if anybody's looking for a boat, in North Carolina, and you're you're interested in a nitro or something in that product line, go see our boy Brad at the Carry Bass Pro. Uh, he is the uh, Tracker Marine Sales Manager, I believe is the title. Uh, but they got a great great uh, team out there. So yeah, Brad's gonna hook all three of us up with brand new boats for Christmas and right. uh, the 2024 tournament season. Appreciate that, Brad. <laughs> Ignore me if I'm derailing tips for Baden. Like I've never. Oh, Baden. dude, like, Baden. So Baden was what I. So Zach asked about Baden. So Baden is a lake that I've done fairly well on in in previous tournaments. I think, I think I've like got third place like almost every time there. I don't know why, but um, Baden didn't catch big enough to get second or first. So. Yeah, that's right. I was the I was the third lo- or second. You needed loser. more weight. So uh, Baden. Um, Baden is a great cold water lake. It's a super deep lake. There's a lot of cool history. Um, there was an airplane that crashed there before. Um, but for uh, for Baden, man, I would. It's it's a dock lake up in the northern part of the lake, and then uh, the southern part has islands, and then uh, like your typical it looks like Jordan Lake if you've ever been on there and stuff. So, um, but Baden's a really good crankbait lake. Uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of striper in that lake as well. And that was the place I was saying, look out for the birds. So I fished, um, it's really good in February. I don't know how it is in December and January, but I watched, we, we went it's probably really good. six and a half hours without a bite in February. And then we saw the seagulls blasting the water and, uh, we went over there with some traditional like strike King crankbaits and stuff back in the day and, uh, and caught a limit of fish within 30 minutes. Um, and it was luck. It was totally luck, but we were paying attention to our surroundings. So, uh, Baden's a good place to deep crank or to crank bait. Uh, in the springtime, it's a great place for, uh, for frogging and, and buzz baits and stuff like that has a lot of shoreline grass and stuff. So Mm. if you get out there, um, you got docks, you can't go wrong with flipping a jig in there, a wacky worm, anything that you want to fish on docks. And then, uh, believe it or not, I watched a guy win on a bladed jig, green pumpkin in the chocolate milk water. I never would have thought it, but he had like 18 pounds and one out of the back of somebody's boat. So it's a good lake, man. Hopefully you can get out there and uh, crush some fish. Bladed jig, it's a good bait in that muddy water. Uh, I know you don't like throwing them, but no. Uh, and Rayvon, working class outdoors over on Instagram, said when it gets really cold, don't forget the A-rig at Baden. Yeah, man. Yeah, a rig anywhere. A rig anywhere. That's what everybody asks me. Best winter bait, a rig. Just throw it. It catches fish. Um, it's it's awesome. See you guys next Friday. Hopefully, I'll have Harris Chain report for anyone that wants to hear about it. We definitely want to hear about it. Tight lines. Yep. All right, Andrew. Thanks for jumping on, man. We appreciate you. Uh, we should 
maybe we'll be live next Friday. Hopefully we will. It's right before Christmas. I'm leaving to go back to Pennsylvania for a week, uh, Saturday morning, but we should be able to, to do a live fishing Friday and, and get with y'all before Christmas. Maybe we'll, we'll have Trey read the night before Christmas or something for, yeah. you know, but, um, yeah, before. we appreciate everybody jumping on. Um, we're coming up on an hour. If anybody yep. in has any questions, uh, now is the time to ask, but we're going to start wrapping things up here. There was something else. We, we are going to do the giveaway here coming shortly. It's going to be after the first of the year. So be on the lookout th for that. We got a bunch of goodies and stuff that have been donated uh, yep. kindly by a lot of uh, different brands and partners and stuff. So uh, be on the lookout for that. We'll make social media posts yep. um, and that will be coming soon. And, uh, you know, we, we might have another partner coming on board that we're excited about. So, uh, once that officially happens, we'll, uh, we'll make an announcement said the night before fishmas, <laughs> the night before fishmas, everything's um, fishuational. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, uh, Rick for the early birthday, uh, wish, um, yeah, new partner, hopefully coming after the new year. Uh, if you're not on our Facebook group, go join. We're letting you know who our guest that's coming on, uh, Wednesday is. If you have questions, we're going to pick a few uh, and that'll be our 52nd episode, which is really cool. So we yeah, have a, a Bass Fishing Hall of Famer uh, is going to be our one-year episode. So 52 weeks uh, we've released uh, an episode, which we did have one week where we released two. Uh, when we first started, our first two episodes released on the same week because we didn't know how to schedule and yeah. understand how to, how to post episodes. So uh, it, didn't go, uh, it didn't go how we planned. So uh, 52 episodes will be, will be a year. We're calling it 52 weeks. So. Uh, our plan when we started a year ago uh, was just to release an episode every week, and uh, and we've done it. We've done it, man. Yeah, it, it's been awesome. It's been awesome to grow. We've met so many really cool people, um, and not just industry people, like just anglers like us. You know, uh, David. I don't know if we would have met, met David Fuchs. You're on here all the time, um, Nick. We obviously knew you already. I'm not here, kind of here, but um, no. <laughs> Uh, David, I mean, we got a lot of fans on here. I can't go through. You've seen, you've heard us talk to them. Uh, Andrew was on here earlier. Dave Moser, like a lot of folks we may not have ever met if it weren't for, for starting this stuff. Rodney's on here all the time. It's also, it's also been, uh, it's been pretty awesome today at the lake. I, I talked to a guy who was launching his kayak and, uh, you know, gave him a sticker and, and our card and said, Hey, you know, if you're interested in hearing about fishing, local fishing, stuff like that, national fishing, like, give us a shout, but this, the show has been awesome w without your guys support. It definitely couldn't have happened. And, uh, we just continue to, to spread the narrative and spread the word. We're all about education and information and stuff like that. So we want you guys to continue commenting. Um, let us know what your thoughts are on like topics of discussion and, and things like that, especially for fish and Friday lives. Obviously we do the podcast, but this one is going to be the actual podcast show. So without you guys' feedback, it, it's not as interesting. Yeah, we really enjoy everybody that jumps on here, uh, everybody that interacts on our lives and the group. Um, not that we don't enjoy all our fans, don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, if you haven't liked and commented, uh, subscribed to our stuff, you know, please do that. It helps us continue to grow. It helps us push algorithms and all of that good stuff. Um, you're always uh, always helpful if you share stuff. We, you know, we put our posts out with uh, – with our, our episodes every week and all that stuff. So everybody, everybody's been awesome, man. I, I'm, I'm just super proud of what we've built. Uh, and I think maybe next fishing Friday, if we do do it, I'll share some, some of those numbers with you. Like as far as the countries we've been downloaded in and States and yep. it's pretty wild. We have, we have regular listeners in, in several countries. Um, so if you're, if you're one of our three Aussies that download every week, we appreciate you and, and shoot me a DM and let's uh, let's talk bear Monday fishing. I'm hoping that's what you do because that's <laughs> interesting, man. Those bear Monday are nuts. Uh, they're like a giant largemouth on crack cocaine. So, um, <laughs> yeah, looking forward to seeing everyone at the Raleigh fishing show next month. Yeah, Nick, uh, we'll be at Raleigh. Uh, all of us will be there uh, at, in some capacity at different booths and doing different things. Ben will be there with one cast fishing and, you know, we'll be hanging out with him. We'll be hanging out with, uh, Carolina waters. I'll be spending some time over there with Cashin. Um, probably spend a little bit of time with Gamma uh, if Dale's up here this year. So uh, if you're in the Raleigh area, make sure you check that out. And I also know Ben's taking uh, one cast fishing to Knoxville and to Richmond. So if, if any of those are in your neighborhood, uh, make sure you swing and check those out. I don't. I probably won't make Knoxville, and I, I know Trey probably won't. I think I'm probably going to make it up to Richmond for a day at least, maybe maybe Saturday, Sunday. 
Uh, so hopefully I can see some of y'all there. But um, yeah, looking forward to uh, 2024. What we uh, what we're able to bring uh, to everybody, and uh, hopefully we can keep uh, keep entertaining, keep this thing rolling. That is our plan. Uh, as uh, as we say every week, you know, we couldn't do it without you. So appreciate all that. Uh, man, what you got? Anything? I think you guys covered it well. I don't want to keep them any longer. So appreciate everyone listening. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. That's all I got. <laughs> all right, guys. You want to close us out? Merry Christmas. And uh, we'll see you in the new year. And uh, like we always say, let's continue to grow a culture of anglers helping anglers one cast at a time. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God. It's a toad, son. It's a toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow. Feel like it's going to be a bad day.